Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, where we talk about all of that and then some, right? I'm the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, and also the author of the brand new book, Mom's SOS, Mom's Side of the Story, a common sense guide for planning your birth and telling your story. We've been talking about Mom's SOS a lot lately because I really think it's a game changer for how women interact with their own healthcare and pregnancy and how they center themselves in the pregnancy story. Let's move the frame off of baby and put it right back on mom where it should be. Babies don't need to be responsible for so much attention so early in the game, do they? No. If mom's okay, then most of the time for most healthy women, baby's going to be okay too. Well, this week, I want to talk about another new and exciting thing we're doing. We've opened a Patreon account for Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics, and we're offering members who sign up to support us the opportunity to get exclusive inside information like extra podcast episodes, merchandise giveaways, and special Q&A sessions where you get to video chat with me and ask me your most burning questions. Go check out our page over on Patreon and sign up to be one of our sponsors. Then go get your copy of Mom's SOS and, of course, Common Sense Pregnancy, the book that started this whole conversation. If you don't already have a copy, and let's get ready for some Common Sense chat. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, Patreon is a crowdfunding membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. They support folks like myself and our team at Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics who create free content and provide service to people who need what we offer. Now, at Common Sense, that content is our podcast, books, and blog, and our newsletter, and our service is providing information, explanation, entertainment, and reassurance to pregnant families, parents, and those who are invested in how the world's parents and children grow up. Here's how Patreon works. It's a membership service where people like you subscribe for a specific amount every month, like say $10 or $50 or more if you're able. Then patrons get access to exclusive content like extra podcast episodes, merchandise giveaways, and sneak peeks into my studio. At higher patron levels, patrons get to participate in an exclusive video chat on a monthly basis, do a Q&A with me, and um, they'll also receive free transcripts to all our podcasts. Now, just like always, all our episodes are available for free, except for the exclusive ones that will only be available to patrons. What we're doing is we're working to increase the quality and quantity and range of episodes and expand our reach to even more women, men, and parents. Now, our first goal is that when we reach our first $1,000 in monthly membership, we'll create a monthly podcast interview where we interview one of our patrons about who they are, what they do, why they're a common sense patron, and how they'd answer our weekly rapid fire questions. Now you can learn more about becoming a patron of Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics on Patreon by following the link I'll provide in my blog and in our show notes, or by going on over to patreon.com and searching for us and just look in the search bar. We just launched and we're pretty excited about this. So check it out over on Patreon. And if you're able, sign up to support us at $10, 20, 50, 100 a month, whatever you can afford to help keep the conversation going for other mothers, fathers, parents, and folks like yourself who want to be as informed as possible without being frightened. That's what we talk about on Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics. Thanks for becoming a patron. Now, let's take a very quick break, and then let's get our guests on the line. We're back, and we are ready to talk about one of the most universal facts of parenting. Now, no matter where you live, what culture you're from, what country, town, or village, every parent has to name that baby. 
That is hard because each name carries so much significance, meaning, history, and weight. It's your child's primary identifier for their entire life. Now, I named four children along with my husband, and the sheer number of names we chose and discarded, wrote down and paired with various middle names, tossed out, laughed at, hoped for, and eventually decided on, it's astounding to me. That's a testament to the power of compromise in marriage right there, I tell you what. We consulted the books like most parents do, and of course we came to parents parenting with favorite names. Um, But the books gave us a huge variety of names to choose from. And we got to find out their origins and meanings. And, you know, we, we wanted to make sure we weren't naming our kids something that would haunt them forever. Well, today's guests wrote the book. They're the authors of the baby name book and the baby name website. And they're the hosts of the baby names podcast, which has been going on for about a year now and where they discuss various name topics and celebrity baby names, and they take questions on baby names. So that's who we get to talk to today. Jennifer Moss is a veteran web developer and lifelong name enthusiast. She's the author of the Baby Name Workbook and One in a Million Baby Name Book, and is a national authoritative source on baby names, naming, and trends. Jennifer answers name questions in her blog, Ask Baby Names. Dr. Mallory Moss-Katz is a board-certified psychiatric nurse practitioner and nursing doctorate with a passion for celebrities and baby naming. She is a regular contributor to the Huffington Post on celebrity baby names, pregnancies, and naming trends. Let's get them both on the line. Jennifer, Mallory, hi, it's Jeannie. How are you? Good. How are you? Hello. Hello. Yeah, I'm doing really well, except for spring sniffles. So sorry about that. Oh, well. Yeah. Hey, I'm here in Portland, Oregon. Where do you live? Where are you guys now? Oh, well, I'm in Parker, Colorado. Ooh. And I'm located right near Yosemite National Park in the center of California. Where? Where in, in, you're adjacent to it or you live in the park? Yeah, adjacent in Oakhurst, California. Oh, I have family in Oakhurst, California. You're kidding. What a I'm coincidence. Not. Yeah, I know. Well, we'll swap names after the episode. Yeah, I've been there many, many times. Oh, I love it here. I moved yeah. out from LA about seven years ago and never looked back. I bet. Yeah, I moved to Portland from LA to uh, 25 years ago. Wow. Yeah, and and uh, I love LA. They've got yeah. the best weather, but I don't want to go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've got so much to talk about today. Definitely. Um, and yeah, and I read a little bit of your bios before we hopped on the phone here today. But I'd like to ask each of you the big bad question. Uh, and Jennifer, let's start with you. Mm-hmm. Who are you, and what do you do? I do so many things. It's so hard to answer. But in you know, this capacity, I am the founder and CEO of babynames.com and I help people name their babies. And when you're not when you don't have your professional hat on, mm-hmm. what's the rest of your life like? Oh, I love podcasting. Of course, that's for baby names as well. I love Mm -hmm. hiking, which means that I'm in the absolute best area to live. Um, I am involved in a lot of organizations and clubs in the area specifically for women's empowerment and women business networking. Um, And I like to be involved in the arts as well. I'm a photographer. Nice. That's a nice... Nice round profile. Okay, Mallory, it's your turn. Who are you and what do you do? Okay. Well, as a co-founder of babynames.com, I have been working on it since the 1990s, adding names and working on the medical content as well. I'm a nurse practitioner in psychiatry and I own my own clinic, which is very exciting We just started in January, and we have a focus on some of the harder-to-treat psychiatric um, uh, comorbidities, such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, 
and well the new one that i've named which is baby names dichotomy disorder (laughs) (laughs) you know just saying the disorders that you are treating and dealing with it makes you really sound like quite a badass i must say (laughs) she is (laughs) yeah okay and when you're not you know doing that (laughs) what else do you do Well, you know, I am throwing my whole self into my new business right now, but when I am not doing that, I am either singing, karaoke, wishing I was in community theater, which I've done in the past, but typically don't have time for anymore, or watching Game of Thrones. Oh, (laughs) so this is a big week for you then, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, There is no risk that you and I are going to have a conversation about that after the episode because I am the one person in America America who isn't into it. I'm the only one. So funny. (laughs) I know. It's lonely out here. I feel alone this week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you guys didn't mention is you're sisters, aren't you? Are you sisters? We are sisters. Oh, that. We have two other sisters who also are partners in the website, too. So it started out as a family business with the four sisters and my mom. And my mom was uh, trained in early childhood education. So she had a parenting and child care advice column on the site. Um, But mama has since left us Hmm. and so um the four of us plus now my daughter is grown up and she's helping with the site now too so it's an all-female all-family endeavor it's a legacy project too Mm -hmm. that is really very cool you know i mean i love that you're all in business together and that you've been at this for so long and that it's it's a bunch of sisters doing something that I know that both men and women are involved in baby naming, but mm-hmm. you know the ad, the event of being pregnant is a is a it's a sister's thing. It's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how did this start? You guys have been at it a while. How did this start? Well, I have always had a long time fascination with names ever since I was a kid. Um, my family used to tease me because I'd go through the phone book and and just like shout out interesting and funny names. And I was a programmer by trade. I was a software developer. And so when the internet came about for public use, of course, the first thing I was going to do is put on a database of names and meanings. Um, So we were the first site out there. And just on a fluke, I looked up to see if babynames.com was available. And it was. So I registered it. And the rest, as they say, is history. (laughs) So is it strictly an online um, thing? Or is, is there also a book? We have two books out. One was published in 2008 by Penguin, mm. your publisher. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> now Penguin Random House. Yeah. And that was a big like dictionary of baby names back when they still produced those. <laughs> yeah. And also has baby naming tips, which are still hold up. And then we just released about a year and a half ago, um, the Baby Names Workbook. So that kind of walks you through kind of uh, putting together your list and whittling it down and finding inspiration from different places Mm -hmm. to get to the point where you can find the perfect name. Which is no easy feat. No. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of, you know, my my kids have all, I, I think most of us probably have always had names in mind, you know, collecting Mm -hmm. them since you're small. These are going to be the names that I name my kid. And you keep sort of a mental list or even, you know, some people keep an actual list. Um, And then, you know, down the line, it comes time to name an actual kid. And I wonder how many of us actually use any of those names. (laughs) Did you use any of yours? Uh, me, myself? I don't know yeah. about Mallory. I know they put a lot of thought between... We both have one daughter. Um, and for me, no, I didn't use any of the names that I had collected over the years because when I was dating my husband, um, I found out that his mother's maiden name was Miranda. 
And I was like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, okay, that well, that's our daughter's name. And he looked at me like I was crazy because he hadn't proposed yet, number yeah. one. <laughs> it was <laughs> a we date. pregnant <laughs> by any means, you know? So I just decided, I'm like, yeah, that's going to be her name. You had well, one of those moments. Yep. Oprah would call that an aha moment. You right. had one. Yeah. <laughs> what about Mal? Well, for me, I would say, or I would like to say that I did not name Veronica after the comic book Betty and Veronica. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd like to say. But really. But really, I probably <laughs> had that name picked out mm, since I was about 10 and reading Archie comic books. <laughs> Mal, you have to know Mallory to know that she is a Veronica for I sure. <laughs> I what went to mean? high school with a real Veronica too. <laughs> You're tight. You like the nicer things in life and, you know, you're just kind of hoity-toity. <laughs> oh, oh, see, I would have said Veronica was more like confident sexy. That too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I get from Veronica. Yeah. She's the brunette, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Brunette, confident, sexy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm all those Doesn't things. even have to be a yep. blonde. <laughs> confident, sexy. And definitely liking the finer things in life and high maintenance. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's sister talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Baby Names podcast. How'd that start and what's it about? Well, um, I had done some other podcasts throughout the years and I was looking to get back into it. And I thought, well, hey, we've got the audience already. We've got extremely great traffic. We've got a social following of over 250,000 followers. So it kind of made sense. And I think I just texted Mallory one day and said, hey, you want to do a podcast on baby names? And she's like, okay. And I don't think we both really knew what it was going to entail because it's a lot of work, as you know. Yeah, it Um, is. Are you weekly? Are you weekly? We're bi-weekly, so every other week. Got it. Um, And still, it's a lot of work because we pick a topic and we we now, you know, plan that out months in advance. And we do our research and then we both contribute to the script. And then we record and then we edit. And, you know, it takes a lot. But it's so fun, especially to do with your sister, because we just have a different dynamic than like what regular co-hosts would have, you know? Yeah, regular people who aren't sisters. Regular people, yeah. <laughs> I'm one of five sisters. I get it. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, I know. I know. Talk about dynamics, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there are three brothers. And that's a Whoa. whole other story. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. My blessed sainted mother, right? Yeah, yeah. So... um. What is it? So what is it? What is your research like? And what is your work like in terms of, you know, tracking down stories and stats and writing blogs about names? Well, like, for example, our last episode, and probably not something you'd tune into was names from Game of Thrones. So we try to make it topical. Um, and we, you know, in this regard, I had already written a blog article about this. And, um, George R. R. Martin actually in his book series has over 5,000 named characters wow. in his series. So there's a lot to talk about there. And he put a lot of thought behind the naming of his characters, has a lot of naming conventions. And a lot of them have actually um, been given to babies. Khaleesi is a very popular name now um, that's on the top of the charts in the U.S. And so we talked about that. And, um, you know, I kind of outline it and we both go in and tweak little things here and there. Um, Our format is that um, we open with names that we've discovered since the last episode or just have kind of um, tickled our fancy. And then we do the name topic of the week. We report on the newest celebrity baby names, which are always very interesting. They and are, we give our they? opinion on that. Yeah. And then we end with uh, listener questions. So you mentioned conventions of baby names. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean? 
Um, for example, naming conventions would be like if you decided to give all your kids names that started with a K. Oh, I see. Okay. That's an that's like a family naming convention. Or in terms of like um, Game of Thrones, all um, children born out of wedlock are given the surname Snow. So that's one of uh, his naming conventions. Uh, all the wildling characters only have one name. Um, rather than two names. And so he, you know, as an author, and I'm an author as well, but he did put a lot of thought behind his character naming. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All of my kids ended up with the middle initial M. And so there you go. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that we went into it saying, that's the best letter. But, um, you know, the first child we had a significant friend whose middle whose name was m or martine and we used that name and then my second daughter her name is camille and seriously with a name like that you don't need anything else more than marie you know (laughs) that's just all you really need and then my son's middle name is the same as my um, husband's middle name and his father's so that was a pass down name and it has a m and then my youngest, her middle name um, is my sister who had passed not too long previously, starts with an M. So it ended up being a convention, but not deliberately. You know what I mean? It didn't start like one. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of all my daughters, I was looking at your trending list on your website and her name is mm-hmm. definitely on it. Olivia. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's been on there for a longer time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So why? Why is that? What makes that a name like that? Or, you know, what are the other names on the list? I got to take a, a a peek at that again. What What keeps them in the top five or the top ten? Well, you know, for on the girls' side, those, quote, old-fashioned or grandma names have been in for about five years now. Mm-hmm. And we did kind of a transition from names <clears throat> that end in Y and IE, like Tiffany and Brandy and those things, to names that end in A, uh-huh. uh, which are still more you know, feminine, but they're not as diminutive is what I like to say. Yeah. So they don't sound like a little girl. Right. (laughs) And they can grow with you and be an adult name as well. So Olivia kind of fit that um, naming convention. I also think it was made popular by both um, uh, Law and Order, SVU, and uh, Scandal. They both have strong female characters named Olivia. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Isn't there a pig? Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a children's book, too. Yes. Yes. By Ian Faulkner. Same last name as mine, spelled differently, no relation. (laughs) But um, yeah, the Olivia the Pig series is awesome. She's wonderful. I love that. Did you get that for her? Oh, heck yes. We have all of them. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Yeah. Back in the early 90s in Southern California, where I was a labor and delivery nurse, it seemed like every baby girl was either Brittany, Tiffany, Stephanie, Ashley, Courtney, or Brianna. And we actually, (laughs) just the group of nurses, we'd rattle it off like a little nursery rhyme, but it actually was our own, you know, dark little nurse sarcasm because so many babies were named that. We'd go, what'd you get tonight? Brittany, Tiffany, Stephanie, Ashley, Courtney, or Brianna. And it was always one of them. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yikes. So, okay, questions that I have for you. Uh, One thing I wanted to know is in the top 50 names that are on the site, is that just in the United States or does that include global statistics? On our website, we take the statistics from our users' favorite name lists. And because our users are pregnant or just thinking about becoming pregnant, they actually tend to predict the actual birth name trends by about one to three years. Hmm. So that's how we compile our data. Okay. Got it. You said for the girl side, what about on the boy side? Is there a difference? 
Um, I think on the boys' side, what's becoming popular, and Mal, you can chime in too, is we've, um, and we've reported on this, is surnames are really popular, like Mason, Sawyer, Harrison, Jackson, Mm -hmm. um, and biblical names are always popular on the boys' side. That never goes out of style. Yeah. I think tough names as well, Harley. Oh, Yeah. We see, Axel, yeah, Axel. We see a lot of times those are becoming more popular. What did uh, Michael Phelps just name his baby? There was Boomer. Boomer was his um, second baby, older son. Yeah. Did his did his I second baby get a good name? Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. Well, so why do you think that is? Why do people do that? Give their babies, you know, edgy names like that? You know, it might be because um, parents are using more gender neutral names for girls. Mm -hmm. And we believe that, you know, since the women's movement, that's to put them kind of on the same playing field as the boys you know we've got jordan mm-hmm. madison again surnames uh michael even lincoln has been used for both mm-hmm. and maybe the hyper masculine names like axel and remington um are kind of a a reaction to that oh. it's a possibility oh. i mean you never know what's inside someone's head yeah. but i would venture to guess that maybe that's to set the boys apart from the gender neutral trend that's going on. Dude names. Yeah. Dude names. And back yeah. to me, yeah. it's Beckett. Oh, Beckett. right. Oh, yes. okay. Sports name. Okay. Yeah. 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 Beckett. Oh, like Samuel Beckett or... Yeah. So more of a it's literary a- and, and theater name, right? Right. right. One of those... T- surnames that are becoming popular as first names people are tending to honor uh people or influencers in their own life by using surnames presley is popular if we're talking about like musicians jagger yeah you know yeah interesting yeah so do you have any favorite names that are just straight up your favorites and you wish you'd had 20 more kids so that you could name them all that i like luna <laughs> I know. that's a cute we name. have an ongoing fight about this because i do not like that name at all <laughs> and so I like why bianca mm. and i have wanted to name a baby bianca forever and um got vetoed which is partially why veronica ended up being veronica she would have been bianca first <laughs> And for boys, I always liked more traditional names like Benjamin. I love that name. I love that name. Yeah. I have always loved the name Amelia, and now it's number one on the charts. So if I happen to have a baby today, which is almost impossible, um, (laughs) (laughs) I would have had to avoid that because I don't like popular names. Um, I also love aria and Mm -hmm. violet and they're all on like the top 10 but i also like more unusual names like my daughter i said his name miranda which is not too unusual Mm -hmm. but i also like Mm marae as in the actress marae enos and that's a french name Mm -hmm. um and i don't even know on the boys side i never thought of having a boy at all but, um, you know, more unusual names I like are like Parker or Carter. I tend to go for those surnames yeah. and um, Reese, mm-hmm. a little on the Celtic English side. Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are my preferences. How would you spell Reese? Uh, probably R-H-Y-S. Oh. The English spelling. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So why do so many people choose the same names at the same times? I mean, we all kind of, most of us probably think we're choosing something, you know, if not different, then at least unique to our child. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Mel, you want to answer that? <laughs> well, if you and someone both decide at the same time to answer 
or to name a baby the same name, you can't, you can't, oh, what is the word I'm looking for, Jennifer? What, coordinate? No, you can't put a put a trademark oh, on yeah. the baby's name. Yeah. You can't copyright it. The bottom you line. Can't yeah, you can. You can't yeah. copyright it exactly. Yeah. So if you're not gonna, the bottom line is is you may end up with two babies with the same name, and if you don't want people to know what you're naming your baby, if you don't want them to steal it, don't share the name. Well, I was kind of wondering, like, you know, what is it? I mean, obviously, people will name a lot of people will name their child the same name if it's after you know a cultural reference or a celebrity or mm-hmm. Game of Thrones or something like that. But then there will be classic names that don't necessarily have a media tie-in or something like that, where all of a sudden you see Alice all over the country, and everybody thought Alice mm-hmm. was you know, or Hazel ten years ago. Everybody thought Hazel was, mm-hmm. oh, that was my great-great-grandmother's name. Nobody's kid is named Hazel. You know what? There were seven of them in kindergarten, seven Hazels, you know? So how does that happen? I mean, they're, I'm well, not saying I they all know the, each other and stole each other's names. Right. Yeah. Well, I think the internet has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. And I even gave a talk about this at the American Name Society. There is such a thing um, that gathers once a year. And it's how the internet has changed baby naming. Like, we used to be so insular in our own bubbles where we would stay within our community or our social strata um, and our background and you know things stayed very homogenous because of that now because of the internet we're introduced to so many people from all over the place and we find our online communities and we even have a very popular community on our site on the baby names message boards um people are talking about names what do you think of this they're talking about names Hmm. and bouncing it off people Hmm. and that's how people hear about names that they wouldn't necessarily have heard of and their own you know little culture bubble back 20 30 years ago um so i think um that has an influence on baby naming and people finding out about what's coming up and they all think it's so unique and then they go and name their babies with the same name and suddenly it's not unique anymore. It's on the top 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and what we've also found is that the baby names charts are now, um, they're turning over quicker. Whereas, you, you know, Jennifer was the number one name for 15 years back you know, from 1969 to the early 80s. Mm-hmm. But now a name doesn't stay on the number one spot that long because people have access to the popularity lists in real time. And so they go and they look and see that Amelia is number one and they're going to avoid that name now. Um, whereas before it took a long time for researchers to compile the statistics, get the book published. Two years later, it comes out, you know, and it, everything changed a, up a little slower. It's so complicated for parents now. I mean, it used to be back in my day, you grab the baby book and, you know, like I remember with one of our kids, I we you know were in the car. We had a road trip, and my husband was driving, and I'm reading the book, going, you know, Alice, no, Ashley, no, minute, <laughs> no, <laughs> and then you'd get to something, and you'd go, well, I don't hate it, and it'd go on the list, and then you'd winnow it down from there. But now you compare and contrast. You've got a, options from all over. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. How do you simplify it for people on your site? Well, you know, we did a survey and one of the questions to our users was um, on a scale from one to 10, how difficult is it, was it or is it to choose a baby name? And the majority of people said number 10 difficult. And that really blew my mind. Like I assumed it would be the bell curve and it would be somewhere around five. But parents are finding it harder nowadays because they're getting so much input yeah. from so many different sources. Plus, but there, I'd say there's so oh, much potential. Um, I mean, it's like your very first real parenting decision or action that you're taking towards your child. And 
it could have repercussions forever, you know? It certainly Yeah, could. yeah. Which makes me wonder about parents that intentionally misspell their kids' names or give their children a name that is so complicated that it it means that there will be a, a lifetime of mispronunciation. Do you have an opinion about that? No. I think... I think that it's important to name your child with their future in mind and always do the boardroom test. If you name your baby Fifi Trixabel, are they going to be the CEO? Right. Will it garner respect? Right, exactly. And maybe it shouldn't matter what a baby's name is you know, growing up, maybe it should just be the, the, you know, the, I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it should just be the name they were given, you know, the name, maybe it shouldn't matter. Just like maybe gender shouldn't matter. Maybe, you know, um, sexual preference shouldn't matter, et cetera. But in reality, name does seem to matter in the boardroom and respect matters with the name. And if people are naming their babies jokes like Kelly Green, like um, (laughs) Jennifer, you knew someone who had a joke name or a rhyming name, you know, then it's Mm -hmm. just really difficult to have people take you seriously. Yeah, because yeah. you lead with a joke throughout your entire life. Right, yeah. exactly. And yeah. do you want somebody's first reaction to be giggling at you? Yeah. Or, you know, and, and you know, we do have several tests. Mallory mentioned, um, you know, the boardroom test, but we also have the introduction test. So saying the name out loud, how does it feel? Do you trip over the name? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you usually just use the first and last name. Middle names are kind of for when you get married and when you get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we kind of stick our our secondary names in there. But we have the introduction test. We also have the coffee shop test. Like, go to the coffee shop. Can they spell it without asking you? You know, how does it come out on the cup? Um, so we have a couple tests, and I put those in the baby names workbook as well. Um, my name. To test out the name. My name fails the coffee shop test every single time so <laughs> because you know there's so many ways you can spell genie Jean, so yeah. <laughs> at every coffee shop in the world i'm just jen spell it any way you want jen right. <laughs> yeah it works yeah yeah so what about names that have been passed along from generation to generation but you actually hate it i mean how can you give up a family name without wrecking your family Yeah, that's a good question. We had one person write in and say that her husband's family was giving them a lot of pressure to name their upcoming son the seventh um, because the husband was the sixth of this certain generational name that was passed on and on and on. And I say with anything, you know, it's it's you and your mate's decision and nobody else's. And if you don't want, you know, a Fred Victor Worthington, the seventh, then don't name him that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you will regret it. You will have name remorse your whole life. And what I say is that, you know, names tend to be more important before the baby's born. But once that baby comes and your parents are looking at it, you know, the name is not that important That's anymore. Right. That's good like, to know. Like they're gonna the cherub peaks. They're gonna be more into the baby itself. <laughs> yeah. That's good to know. And most families, you know, if you name your your child something that they really just don't like, they have good enough manners to not say so once the baby is born. I don't know what family yeah. you come from. <laughs> Actually, my father was horrible about children our children's names because he he um felt that kids should just have plain old names that are easy to say, easy to spell, you never have to um explain it. And so all of us except for I'd say me um have real simple 
names without very many variables or options. So, you know, take for example, my daughter's name was Olivia. He thought that was just too exotic, too wild, (laughs) too way freaking out there. And he was in his late 80s at this point. And so he would intentionally call her Olive. And after olive oil, which is, you know, most of my listeners have no idea. Olive oil was an old cartoon character, female lead in the Popeye Um, series. Popeye, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not an attractive woman, kind of nerdy and geeky. We would all love her now, (laughs) but not the name that we named our daughter. And he did the Mm -hmm. same thing with my um, siblings' kids. If he didn't like them, he'd just pick a different name. Exactly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Kind of sounds like what our dad would do. I know. Yeah. Mm, don't like that. Mm, I'm calling him this. Yeah. I bet that and a lot my of family. People also... Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say a lot of people, you know, ruminate over nicknames too. Yeah. And oh, what are we going to use as the nickname? The nickname. And with both Mallory and my daughters, we had original nicknames for them Mimi and Vivi, which we thought were so cute because they were cousins. Yeah. They don't use them now. They have chosen their own nicknames. Oh, you know, what are they Veronica chose? now goes by Ronnie. Miranda doesn't even go by a nickname anymore. She goes by her full name and you know the only person who calls her Mimi is from the family yeah so I you know our advice to parents for that is they're going to end up choosing their own nicknames so don't perseverate over that yeah Yeah. it's almost their right you know yeah nicknames are what lands on you you know Mm -hmm. and and generally they there's a story that goes with it and you don't get to choose that in advance Right. Yeah. A lot of times it's from family or what family calls you or what a little sister calls you or whatever. And, you know, and it evolves. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do you want listeners to know before we do our roundup rapid fire questions? <laughs> Mel? Um, I think one of the fun things about our podcast is that we do celebrity news and Mm -hmm. that is always very fun to know what celebrities are naming their babies and who's pregnant and how they're announcing their babies via instagram or other name reveals so you're looking forward to amy schumer and megan markle right oh yeah that's this week oh yeah yes i can't wait seriously i I kind of anticipate that, um, you know, the royal baby is going to have a pretty traditional name. But Amy Schumer, I'm pulling for you, baby. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 That'll be interesting. And we, um, you know, Mallory in particular, she gives her opinion, no holds barred. Um, <laughs> and we say these are just our opinions, but if people want to know what we think about names, we're going to be truthful. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we did get some pretty bad press from or letters from our last episode prior to name of Game of Thrones, um, which were the worst baby names ever. Um, uh oh! Uh oh! Yeah, because we didn't do enough due diligence and realized that a name Sterla was actually an Icelandic boy's name instead of a girl's name that we just thought was hideously ugly. Oh, ooh! You guys are brave. <laughs> But mostly we try to be sensitive, you know, and because we realize that these names are tied to people's identities, you know, Mallory loves the name Luna. It reminds me of Lunatic. It's an opinion. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) So, but I think people should have more than one opinion and kind of bounce it off people to see what the general public would think about it. Well, Mallory, I hear Luna and I think... (laughs) Delicious snack bars, phases of the moon, and Chrissy Teigen's adorable daughter. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, got some questions for you. Um, Okay. This one's a hard one that I'm going to try to. I'm trying to ask more often for people, and I'm and you guys are going to be a little bit of my experiment. What role? does feminism play in your life, your work, and your parenthood? 
Wow. Well, we, yeah, it's big. We come from a, um, a female strong family. Yeah. <laughs> with my mother yeah. and four sisters. She, my mom went through the women's movement and was very affected. It changed her life in the um, late 60s, early 70s. Um, and that's how she brought us up, wouldn't you say, Mel? Yeah, I would agree. I think she did, you know, women's groups and um, liberation movement for sure, and taught us all how to be Amazon women and to have very strong um, opinions and to be confident in ourselves as women and to believe in women's rights 100%. And not have to depend on a man for anything, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Like, always yeah. have right. your own money, she told us, you yeah. know. Yeah, smart one. And, um, you know, <clears throat> Mal has her PhD. We have a sister with a master's degree in education. And we're all very accomplished. And I'm proud of us as a family. So yeah. it is, it's a, it's huge in our lives. I think all of our lives. Yeah, definitely. So then how would you fill in the blank? And I'm, I'm going to ask each of you separately. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever told me that. Mallory, you hmm. go first this time. Nobody ever told me that. That you truly can be and do whatever you want to do and, you know, within reason. I think it took me into my 30s to really kind of come out of my shell. And like I said, I have a lot of hobbies and a lot of interests. And it took me into my 30s to just be able to give myself permission to pursue what I want to pursue. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've been a professional photographer. I've been a programmer. I'm a published author. Um, I got my degree in music composition. And a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, what are you trying to be everything? But yeah, I can do whatever I want to. And I think that's the lesson that I've learned, you know, growing up and being mature is that it doesn't hurt to try something because if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But if that's what it takes to be fulfilled, then go for it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to do? Everything? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I am. get a lot of feedback. <laughs> I, I say yes to th that. Everything I possibly can, I say yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Then my last question for you both are, is this. Where are you in the world of motherhood? Jennifer, you go first this time. Where mm. or where are you in your lives as mothers? Um, I'm very close with my daughter. I raised her as a single mom since she was three. Now she's grown and married. Um, but we talk or text almost every day. And I feel like I'm, I'm never going to be done parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, the biggest joy in my life was to be a mother. And I, I love it. We are about to embark on a mommy-daughter vacation. We're going to Vancouver in May. And so I love that she still carves out that time for me. Vancouver, Canada? Uh-huh. Great. Yeah. All right, Mallory. We're I think it's different for my daughter and myself. My daughter's 23, and she's on a Fulbright scholarship right now in Vienna. Wow. And our relationship over the last four years since she's been in college before that has become a lot stronger and more, um, more deep. And we do not spend a lot of time together at all. We maybe see each other two to three times a year. But when we do see each other, it is far more um, far more personal, and we we talk far more about politics and life itself as opposed to just what's going on, who has a new husband who has a new <laughs> partner. Yeah, you can yeah. go deeper. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's deepening and um, it's also a lot of um, fly, be free, learn life on your own. Um, for instance, just yesterday she said, hi, I'm in Ireland. 
you know, I'm like, okay, enjoy Ireland. You know, I'm not, whereas growing up, I was very much a helicopter parent. Now I'm very much a watch her do her own thing parent. Yeah. yeah. It's not like we have all that many options. They tend to do their own thing regardless. Right. Yeah. We can cling if we want. <laughs> Go ahead. You can try that. How's that going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. know. I have grown kids too. And, you know, it's hard to not cling and want to control and know where they are. But you can't. They're adults. Mm. And so once you decide, okay, what did you say? Fly and be free? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fly and be free. Yeah. 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 Once you say that to yourself, mostly probably never to them, mm-hmm. then yeah. <laughs> it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the podcast and having this conversation. I I think we could talk about baby names forever. It's so much fun. There's things we <laughs> haven't covered, topic. but let's make sure that everybody finds you. First of all, where do they go to get it's babynames.com, right? babynames.com it's as simple as can be and if you want to listen to the podcast you just put slash podcast after it we're on all the platforms spotify google podcasts itunes um just put in baby names podcast in the search bar and we'll come up fun 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 thank you both i hope that we for having us yeah we'll talk again down the road definitely okay bye-bye bye-bye Mama said there'll be days like this, there'll be days like this, Mama said, Mama said, Mama said. That's it for this week, folks. Our guests today were Jennifer Moss and Mallory Moss Katz, and you can learn more about them at babynames.com and on the Baby Names podcast. You can learn more about me at jeanfaulkner.com. Please, oh, please go check out our Patreon page, and I'll put the link in my show notes today and in my blog. Or just go search for Common Sense Pregnancy, Parenting, and Politics over on their search bar. Make sure you order your copy of Mom's Side of the Story in our shop and check out our super cute coffee cup of Common Sense. As always, please send me your questions and letters to jean at jeanfaulkner.com. That's J-E-A-N-N-E-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R.com. Tweet me at jeanfaulkner. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Common Sense Pregnancy. And thanks so much for sharing the podcast with your friends. We are growing bigger, you guys, and it's all because of you. Love you guys. We'll talk again next week. Bye. Hey, guys. We're Sarah and Matthew Bivens, hosts of the Doing It at Home podcast, a show dedicated to empowering stories and resources around home birth. Our mission is to normalize home birth and encourage mamas and families to be educated, supported, and empowered by their birth choices, whatever they are. You can find the podcast in Apple, Google, Stitcher, the Pod Network, and on our website, diahpodcast.com.